You're listening to Bachelor to Boyfriend, the podcast that teaches you how to manage your mind so you can show up as the best version of yourself around women. And now your host, certified dating and intimacy coach for men, Erica Davian. Hi, how are you all doing? I hope you are doing just great and that you are ready to talk about some adult things. You are going to notice pretty quickly that I am really comfortable talking about these things. And so I just say that because if you have children nearby or perhaps you are in a workplace, you might want to put this episode off for another time or put in some earbuds because you'll see really quickly. I get I'm really comfortable talking about things that not everybody is comfortable with. So when it comes to erections, see, I'm already starting to get into it. So when it comes to erections, if you are someone who has ever had erectile difficulties, whether that is sometimes or pretty often, you may have heard someone say to you that it's all in your head or that it's partially in your head. But nobody ever really breaks down what that means. And so that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to break down the body's processes that facilitate erections to give you a really solid understanding of why this is not just a body issue and to show you the role that the brain plays in creating erections and in stopping erections. And so you may find this helpful if you experience erectile dysfunction or premature or rapid ejaculation. But even if you don't, you still might find this useful simply as a way of understanding the role that your brain plays in how much you enjoy or don't enjoy sex. And most importantly, I want to help you see that if you are having difficulties, then there is something that you can do about it. So often when I hear men talk about their erections, which this is part of my work, so it comes up pretty frequently. So when I hear men talk about their erections, they often talk about them as though whether they happen is just a matter of their body. I've heard you all say things like, my dick is broken. And this focus on fixing the body may lead you astray. Because yes, this is a thing that's happening in your body, but when you focus on the body exclusively, then you may miss the bigger picture of what is really going on for you. Because ultimately, erections are caused by a number of biopsychosocial factors. It's really important for me to say that if you are experiencing erectile difficulties more than 25% of the time, then it's really important to get seen by a doctor. Even if you are young, even if you are totally healthy in other ways, it's really important because sometimes difficulty getting erections can actually be a sign of a, another underlying condition that maybe you just weren't aware of. So be sure to get checked out by a doctor. And maybe you've already gone, right? Maybe the doctor has already pointed out certain physiological factors. So things like certain conditions that you may have, like diabetes or MS or particular injuries. Maybe they have found a cause in the type of medication that you're taking, whether it's blood pressure medication or antidepressants. But also there are a number of lifestyle factors that contribute to the body side of creating erections. So things like 
whether or not you smoke and how much alcohol you drink and some drugs can contribute to erectile difficulties. And then also just not being physically active. So even if you are of a healthy weight for your size and your body, but you're not particularly active, like you have a pretty sedentary lifestyle or your heart rate never gets up all that high. We have to remember, of course, that erections are ultimately created through blood flow. And so if your body is never really pumping that blood through, then it makes sense why there might be some erectile difficulties. So those are the kinds of things that you might talk about with your doctor. But then there's also this whole other piece of things that contribute to erectile difficulties. So things like anxiety, depression, guilt about your sexual performance, low self-esteem, and stress. Perhaps stress outside of sexual performance. It could be stress in your life in general. And all of these things can come together in a way that can inhibit your body's ability to create an erection. Today's episode is all about the bio and the psycho of that biopsychosocial word that I used earlier. It's all about where the mind and the body meet to create erections. And we're going to break down this common advice of it's all in your head. So many of you describe your erections almost like they're reflexes. And I know that some part of you understands that it's not fully a reflex. Um, It's not like your doctor knocks on your knee with a little hammer and it jumps or shines a light in your eye and your pupils become smaller. It's not that. But still, often when I am talking with you, it almost seems like you on some level believe that the same should happen with your penis, that you just have to think about a woman and boom, instant erection, or that a beautiful woman touches your body and boom, that should equal getting an erection. If some part of you does believe this isn't surprising because maybe when you were a teenager getting some of your first erections, maybe it really was this way. Like the wind could just blow just right or you could see like a catalog and your body would respond with an erection. But of course... The way that an erection occurs is not really a reflex, it's a process. And it's just a process that was happening really quickly when you were a teenager, and maybe it seemed automatic. But now, as your body has matured, you things start to slow down, and you can start to see that it's not a reflex, it's this process, and these steps need to happen along the way in order to create that strong erection in the end. And I think that this is worth pointing out because even though at some level, you probably know it's not a reflex, maybe some part of you still believes that it should be an automatic response to stimulation. And then you beat yourself up when it doesn't happen that way. So let's break it down. All right. Are you with me? So what really creates an erection? How does all of this happen? And so the body experiences stimulation in some way, right? It could be a sight or a sound or a smell, or it could be direct physical contact, or it could even just be the idea of something in your imagination starts to get your body turned on. And when that happens, then your brain and spinal cord send chemical messengers to signal 
to the muscles of your penis to relax and fill with blood. And that's what results in an erection. Now, what's really important to recognize there is the word relax. Because essentially, that's how Viagra works. It works directly on this tissue in the penis to help keep the muscles relaxed and the vessels engorged. And maybe this is a bit of a simplification, but I once heard a urologist during a workshop describe Viagra as, in essence, a muscle relaxer. And I just find that really helpful to remember because relaxation is so important for this whole process. We tend to think about the exciting arousal part of erections, and then we forget that if you're not feeling relaxed, then the conditions still aren't right, no matter how aroused you are. If that relaxation piece isn't there, then the conditions aren't right for an erection to occur. And by the way, erections happen in the female body too, because the clitoris is kind of like a tiny penis, Or you can think of the penis as a giant clitoris, depending on how you look at it. (laughs) In fact, this was all the same tissue at the beginning, right, when your body was first being developed in utero. That clitoris, as well as the labia, can become engorged with blood, much in the same way as a penis. And while it's not visible, this process is equally important for enjoyable sex. So I just think that's good to recognize. Like, erections happen across the board, they're just not as visible And so this is where the parasympathetic nervous system comes in. You've probably heard something about this parasympathetic nervous system. That's original design was to help us respond in times of danger, or at least when your brain thinks you are in danger. That's important to note. We'll come back to that. And when to switch over into other functions of digesting food and healing and relaxing. And so these two forces, the sympathetic nervous system, which triggers this fight-flight-freeze response and works to inhibit getting an erection, and the parasympathetic mode where your body's able to relax and rest and digest, and that's when arousal can occur. And so these two modes of the parasympathetic nervous system kind of act like the gas and brakes on a car, right? When you are in that parasympathetic mode of relaxation, it's like gently applying the gas and arousal can start to occur in the body. Whereas when the sympathetic nervous system is triggered and activated, it's kind of like applying the brakes. It inhibits arousal. It's the body's way of saying, hey, you're on alert. (laughs) This isn't a good time to get aroused, which really makes sense. It's actually really brilliant and incredible design because its original design was for survival. It's what allows us to perceive a threat say a bear chasing after us, and to pump blood rich with oxygen to all of our muscles so that we can run away. And on the flip side, when we're not in danger, it's what has allowed our bodies to rest, to heal, to use fewer calories, and to turn on some of our body's self-healing functions. And it's this system in the body that determines whether or not it's a good time to make an erection which makes total sense, right? 
Imagine being in the wild. You don't want to run away from a bear with an erection between your legs. No way. You want to pump all the blood that you can to your major muscles so that you can run away. The erection isn't going to do you any good in that moment. But then when you've had something to eat, to drink, and you have a sense that all is well, then sure, this could be a great time to create an erection, to reproduce, or to just experience pleasure. It's all really good design. But of course, these days, we're not often running away from bears. And maybe sometimes it doesn't work as we intended. Maybe you've had the really maddening experience of feeling turned on, like feeling the gas being applied, but no erection is happening. Like your body is applying both the gas and the brakes. You're not going anywhere. An erection isn't happening. Or maybe you've experienced rapid or premature ejaculation, which is like your body applying gas and the brakes at really high speed or alternating between the two. And so, of course, in either of these scenarios, it's really hard to drive a car this way. And it's really hard to have enjoyable sex this way, too. And so you may be wondering, Erica, can't I just turn off the brakes? <laughs> Does that ever happen? Can't I just apply gas when I want to? And the answer is yes. So interesting side note for a moment. Remember how I said that stimulation could come from both the brain sending signals down to the base of the spinal cord and penis, or that stimulation could come from the penis up to the spinal cord and up to the brain. And this means that there is a way that erections can occur just from the base of the spinal cord. And this is where an erection actually can be more of a reflex. So some men, for example, with major spinal cord injuries have been able to continue to have erections, sometimes even more of them than before their injury, because the injury has effectively shut off the inhibitory effects of the sympathetic nervous system that are created in the brain. It's like there's no way for the brain to tell the body to pump the brakes. And so for some men, stimulation to the penis, sending messages only to the spinal cord and not all the way up to the brain, sometimes that's enough to activate the parasympathetic nervous system and to create that automatic response of an erection. How cool is that? Isn't that interesting? I think I would have, before I learned this, I would have guessed that with a spinal cord injury, it just wouldn't be possible to have an erection. I love that there's always more to learn. But here's the thing. You don't have to have a spinal cord injury to understand the effects of what it's like to switch off the sympathetic nervous system and to just be in parasympathetic mode. And you likely already know because this is what happens when you sleep. Nocturnal erections are a great example of this because when you are asleep, your parasympathetic system is acting to relax your body, get you into that restful state. And there really isn't much going on from the sympathetic system. And so your body is really able to just experience arousal, right? The conditions are right for that to happen. <laughs> so you might be thinking, okay, Erica, this is all technical. What does this have to do with me? And I think it was really important to explore the role that the parasympathetic nervous system has 
because I think it helps to highlight where working with the mind can help, where you don't have to just rely on pills or procedures, that it's not really about just what's going on in the body. That's why some clients of mine have been on the pills and have found that they didn't work for them because their mind was still having such a strong effect that they still couldn't get an erection. And so here's the thing I really want you to understand and remember. Whether your body is in that parasympathetic, relaxed mode, or whether it's in the sympathetic, activated alert mode is largely based on what is going on in your mind. So remember how I said way earlier in this episode that your body goes into fight, flight, freeze mode based on whether or not it perceives a threat? Here's the thing. There doesn't even have to be a real threat. So here's a Completely non-sexy example. So let's imagine for a moment that you see a tarantula scurry across your bedroom floor. Whether your sympathetic fight-flight system gets activated or your parasympathetic rest and digest system gets activated is determined by what your brain makes that tarantula in your bedroom mean. So your brain is going to see that tarantula and it's going to call upon all that you know about big hairy spiders, your past experiences with them, and your brain is going to come to some conclusions, both in the form of conscious and subconscious thoughts, to help you determine what to do about this hairy friend in your bedroom. And so your brain might determine that you are in danger and it's going to turn that sympathetic nervous system, which is going to activate a racing heart, widening of your pupils in order to prepare you for action so that you can stay safe. Or maybe not. Maybe your brain remembers that you had a pet tarantula as a kid. And your brain remembers how it felt all tickly in your hand and you loved the feeling. And so you scoop down to pick it up. You feel relaxed. You don't sense any danger at all. Whether you went into fight or flight or rest and digest mode had nothing to do with the tarantula itself. It had to do with what your mind made the presence of that tarantula mean. So I wasn't actually sure if tarantulas were dangerous or not. And so I looked it up and it turns out that tarantulas in North America are not dangerous to humans. And so the threat to you wasn't real. But your mind thought it was. And that was enough for it to respond as though there was real danger. That was all it took. Just believing that the tarantula was dangerous, even though it was harmless, was all it took for your body to switch on to high alert. And here's what I want you to see. This is what happens with your body and erections too. You don't have to be in real danger for your body to respond as though there is a real threat. It can still shut down, apply the brakes, because it perceives something as threatening to you. And your body isn't able to fully relax. Of course, there isn't a tarantula in the bedroom (laughs) as you are getting ready for some sexy time with someone. At least I hope not. Dear Lord, where do you live if you have tarantulas in your bedroom? But you're still, your 
it's really important if you're having erectile difficulties in some way, it's really important to start to take a look at what's going on in your mind and understand where is your brain perceiving a threat of some kind that it would want to be on high alert? What kind of thoughts are you thinking that are creating a feeling state that's not contributing to you being relaxed? The more that you can work with what's going on in your mind there, the better the chance that you're going to give your body the opportunity to create an erection. And we'll talk more about this in a future episode that I think I'm going to name your thoughts about sex, because that's really going to help us dig in a little bit into the kinds of thoughts that I commonly see come up with clients and to work with them so that you can be in that engaged, relaxed state of mind and being that you need to be in for the body to perform optimally. But since I don't have that episode ready for you quite yet, I just want to leave you with a thought. If you've been having difficulty with erections or early ejaculation, I want you to consider for a moment, instead of there being something wrong with how your body is working, what if your body is working perfectly as it should? Think about the last time that you had one of those difficulties. What if in that moment it was actually working just as it needed to? What if a lack of an erection or a quick ejaculation is just a sign that something is off for you? That maybe some part of you didn't feel totally safe, totally relaxed or comfortable or without pressure. What if that were true? All right, my friends, it was a pleasure to create this episode for you today, and I hope it was helpful. I'll see you next time. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out Bachelor to Boyfriend, the program. It's 12 weeks of one-on-one coaching with yours truly to help you finally move past the internal barriers between you and the relationship you want to create. Check it out at ericadavian.com. That's Erica with a K. And if you're curious, make sure to get your name on my mailing list so I can tell you next time doors open. My newsletter is my favorite way to connect with you all, and I respond to every email I receive. I can't wait to see you there.